Let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Binge Town TV. We have a very, very special episode for you today. But before we get into all of the actual business, some housekeeping business for the podcast as a whole. Um, obviously, we're at Benchtown TV. The best way to support us, if this is either, I guess, your first time or not your first time, if you're a returning customer, thank you, returning listener. Um, follow us on all our socials. I'm pretty sure everything is at Benchtown TV. Um, a really easy way to see our whole collection of episodes, which at this point, I mean, we're pushing 350, 360. Yep. We'll probably be at 400 before we know it. Uh, BingetownTV.com. That kind of has everything there. Um, if you want to like this on, I guess, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on whatever podcast listening app you are listening on. That way you'll get access and uh, notifications basically about all our episodes. We just wrapped what The Last of Us, which was incredible. Uh, we're currently working on The Mandalorian. Shadow and Bone just dropped. So we'll be recording episodes on that. Uh, Yellow Jackets is upcoming, Woo! obviously, and the succession <laughs> as well. So today will be, I guess, a little bit of like a, I guess, a season four hype video, hype session, yeah. hype discussion. Uh, we'll talk about seasons one through three, uh, what are favorite characters, favorite moments, who we're really looking forward to in season four, maybe predictions about the ending, just things of all of that sort. Maybe bounce to one of you two, just because I'm talking a lot of just like an overall, how you got into the show, have sure. you been following since the beginning, yada, yada, yada. So Alex sitting next to me, if you listen to our Wilds coverage or our True Blood coverage, Pitch Town, she's back. So welcome, Al. Welcome, she welcome. got me into the show. I, I've told this on Binge Town a few times, whether it was like our Emmy episode or whatever, but I'll say it quickly one more time. I got into the show in a psychotic way. In my previous podcast, I had never seen the show before, but the night before someone had picked to cover the season two finale. And at that point, only the season two finale, it was, there's was only two seasons. Normally, you know, I would take off work and binge 20 episodes, but there was just not enough hours in the day. So I watched the pilot and I watched the finale of season two, which is, of course, incredible, like bomb drop episode. And then um, once I started dating Alex, she was obsessed and uh, season three was rocking and we were already watching Insecure on HBO on Sundays. And I was like, I'll just watch it with you. Who cares? So I had seen the pilot, the season two finale and then (laughs) season three. Now, I think for Succession, one of the best shows of all time. And I think that I was watching seasons one and two as if they were old friends of mine. Like I had already seen three and people say season one is slow. So to me, it wasn't slow at all because it just felt like a continuation of what I already know. And I already loved the characters. So it was really a fucking weird ass way for me to have watched the show. But no regrets. I mean, I'm like just as obsessed. So we just finished binging the whole three seasons together Again, like obviously. In February. Yeah, we did oh, okay. all three in February. Uh, so I'm going to hand it to Al. Thank you. <laughs> Happy to be back. <laughs> Happy to be here. That's very nice um, to have you. Yeah, I think I got into it probably in 2019. So I guess that was around season two, in the midst of season two. I just, you know, I love HBO. I'm an HBO ho, as I've said on here previously yes, with my True sure. Blood pitch down and they just have great content, but this came out at a really, and I started watching it at an interesting time in my actual job and company where we had like been acquired 
for some years and there was some stuff going on that felt like what's happening and i was like oh my god like charlie kelly with the freaking like <laughs> <laughs> conspiracy board and it did end up that our founder like ended up leaving and you know we had a bit of a shift uh-huh. in the company but i was like i understand this so much better now i was like yeah. oh my god this is real life so it was just a funny timing thing but yeah i love the show and i've rewatched it multiple times and yeah cannot wait cannot wait for this next season final season that's really funny yeah, yeah i'm i'm very new to the game so i just binged all three seasons in like two weeks so i i think i just watched the season three finale um maybe like six days ago if that uh and it was funny i i just like it has been a weird rut of i hadn't had a tv show to watch and for some reason i i crushed ted lasso in like two days and then this was the next which talk about a complete swing in tone <laughs> like everyone in ted lasso is you know so kind <laughs> and it's like the whole yeah like the whole story is is about i mean essentially like going to therapy addressing your own issues while everyone in this show does absolutely none of that so it was quite the tone shift but i just fell in love i would agree kathleen with i guess the general consensus of people who say it started slow i mean it's it's tough i feel like most tv shows with this many characters to start slow just because there's so many people and it's so hard to get a read and kind of kind of you know shift either way of who you're supporting and who you're not but then middle season one that family therapy was the episode that was like okay fuck like i love this tv show now so i'm really really excited for season four the season finales and the ends of the seasons really flourish and they also got kind of goofier with it like Think about the wedding at the end of season one. Absolutely lavish. The the boat that they're on in the season two finale, the yacht. Yeah. Of, it's not a boat. It's a yacht. It's a house on the water. Yeah, and then season three with the moms, uh, with Caroline's. Caroline? Caroline? Wedding. wedding. Yeah. wedding. She's, Either she's way, British, so. it's like you're watching this thing and you're just... I've never felt less relatable to, to a show. Oh, like yeah. I don't understand. And it's funny because Alex had said... Wow, my company, like I could understand it, but I don't know what the fuck is going on in this show. <laughs> and it make it cracks me up. Like I'm like, I'm so in it and I'm so anxious. And never has a show had all of its quote unquote protagonists just be fully awful people. Like not one, barely a redeemable character in the show. Barely and a redeemable just, quality in the show. And it actually does a good job of making you forget who you're rooting for. And when they're talking about the presidents and things like that, you're like, oh my God, these are the worst people of the world. Yeah. These are the people that run the world into the ground, but we're we're rooting for them because they're the Roy's and we love them. It's psychotic. It's really yeah. psychotic. It, it's funny too. I finished season three and, and especially after watching White Lotus. So White Lotus was the show that planted this idea in my head. And I think it kind of hammered home with succession. And I was like, do I like, kind of like reality television because i feel like this is like really dramatized scripted reality television is one of what it feels like yeah it's also interesting how succession is shot right they almost have like a mockumentary or documentary yeah. style like the way they follow people somebody on tiktok or something pointed out shiv breaking the fourth fourth wall yeah. and i was like well, i don't i don't know about that but yeah, it reminds you of that. And for like an HBO dramedy or whatever yeah. you want to call it, that's a very unique like camera style and just way of editing and producing. So yeah, it does feel reality TV yeah. adjacent for sure. And I think also the way that they talk, just the dialogue feels very realistic. I feel, especially when I watch Kendall, Kendall and Greg, I think for the most part is the way that they use filler words like we would, like as I'm sure we will throughout this podcast of like, um, like, like the way that they talk, it feels so 
realistic, but it also at a time, at the same time, it's kind of like, just say it. Like when Kendall is like in front of a camera and he can't actually find the words to say, I'm like, dude, oh my God, just say a word. <laughs> so I think that part is, well, it feels like really real. So a couple couple things we'll hit before we dive into season four is cringiest moments, of course. Since we didn't have any coverage one through three, we think we, we need to do our due diligence and walk yes. through some of this shit. So cringiest moments, favorite moments, top three character rankings, and then like a quote or two we'll throw out there. But we can start with cringiest if we want, because yeah. I have a few. I always cheat and come up with 80 when we're only supposed to come up with one. So if you guys want to go first and so I don't take yours, that'll be good. Go ahead, Kai, if you have one off the top. I feel like the first one I can think of is just Kendall rapping at the 50th fucking anniversary celebration. Like he got up there and I just was like, I think I said out loud, oh my God, he is really about to do this right now. So that's See, Kendall is that's full of them. In my favorite moments, actually. <laughs> but that is the show, right? It's just yeah. you were like, this fucking idiot. Like yeah. what now? So Kendall is such an interesting character because he is kind of the most, well, him and Shiv both are smart, competent people. Kendall doesn't know what to do with himself. He's literally just like, just drives himself into the worst possible situations ever. But I had Kendall's rap in my favorite moments as well, because to me, maybe for the crowd, it was cringy, but I was like, if someone got up and rapped about me, I'd be like, that's the best gift you could have ever given me. That's but juxt like juxtaposing that to season three at his birthday party when he wants to when he wants to sing a song and be put, put up on a cross. That is like, how did we get here? What Dude, the fuck? He is, he's just wild guy. He really is wild guy. Do you have another cringy or is that yours? <sighs> I mean, I, I probably have more, but I'll, I'll do that one for now. And then I'm sure okay. when you two are talking, I'll come up with an honorable mention or two. I mean, there's so many, obviously. It's like whenever Roman speaks, that's just a blanket statement. Very it's a hor horrific car crash that we're watching slowly. But, but I thought about a lot about Shiv and Tom. But I was like, okay, where does it really begin to get horrible for him? And their wedding night, their fucking wedding oh night. She's God. like oh my god hey open a relationship and he's like what is happening and i'm like that's his villain origin story to be sure and it just really shows you how broken and horrible shiv is and you just always are like i can't believe she's doing this to him right or doing this as a person to another human being that she loves it's crazy yeah and i just want to ref preface this by saying me and alex are shiv apologists on in this house yes, we, we are, are shiv Shiv Roy apologists and I, I will not be taking any questions, but I will say when Tom in the season two finale, they're on the beach by themselves and he says that I'm going to butcher the line, but he says something like, I'm wondering if the sad I will be without you is going to be better than the sad I am with you. And I'm like, my boy, yeah. my boy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That was um, great. And I, I just I, yeah. and just I guess to bounce off of that kind of general like time frame. Just a classic Tom quote before that is just because <laughs> they're actually trying to do the open relationship together with the, uh, I guess, like the maid or whatever that's on the yacht. And he's like, I haven't done a stadium crowd before. <laughs> <laughs> like he is he is the character that I have just gone so like back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But he's just when he gives when he's good and he hits, he is just the star of the TV show. It's so funny. I love that fucking guy. I can think of like five cringy Tom moments off the top of my head. Water oh, yeah. bottles, the water bottles, the fucking tickle fight with Greg. Um, There's a lot with him and Greg. I know. 
So my cringy moment is bore on the floor. That's a good one. It it is the worst thing ever. Logan is so fucked up. I, I don't like him as a character. Like there's definitely moments where I'm like, man, this guy's badass and he is just the goat. But he doesn't know how to help himself. And this all could have just ended if when he was supposed to hand it over to Kendall in episode one, he handed it over to Kendall. Like he's peeing all over the floors and like doing all this crazy stuff. And no one has the balls to stick up for him or stick up against him. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, tales all this time. We're talking about succession. We don't really need to dig into how no one like fucking everyone's sucking Logan's, you know, but uh, another one (laughs) is Roman being mean at his birthday party at Kendall's birthday party. And also, when they're trying to get in the back room to talk to Alexander Skarsgård's character, and he's Ugh. just kind of like with the guy, like, no, come on, let me in. I'm like, oh, just stop. Wait, what? You guys yeah. actually act like children, but these people were not raised right or at all. No, not at all. So that's but- why you root for them because you're like, they, this is nature versus nurture at its finest. Like these people had everything, like money wise, anything, but they had zero love. And like the mom's almost worse than Logan. I was just going to bring that up. I actually, love that that's part of the show is how bad their mom is too obviously logan is like the main character kind of and is the focus and they really hammer home how bad and neglectful of a father he is but i love that we get those reminders that the mom also had a role to play in that because she is crazy too her and shiv's relationship is wild it's so bad i mean you kind of see how logan and carolyn could have ended up together at one point yeah, right they like are sort of cut from the same cloth or did logan like push her to be such a horrific person through that relationship she sort of hints at that but she's like a gaslighting master so who's to say yeah. what the truth is when it comes to that but yeah i you know the end of season three if it wasn't apparent before that your parents don't love you and you have mommy and daddy issues i think it's pretty clear now for all of them i mean next level truth and honestly even in us just talking about that i thought of like three more cringy moments like shiv's speech at the wedding reception (laughs) for me was just like none of those jokes landed like it was so obvious that she was not really joking when she was saying what she was saying and then when she references like her and tom's loving you know, amazing marriage. Everyone had I guess us as viewers, we were like, oh my God. You know, Roman was like rolling his eyes. Uh, another one is just like Connor doing anything really. It's just like very cringeworthy. Yep. His whole presidential run is just like hilariously. It, it kind of oscillates between hilarious and just like terribly cringeworthy. And then I, the classic is just Roman sending a dick pic to his dad. It's just <laughs> oh like absolutely fucking insane. Like, I can't imagine the in emotions. a business meeting yeah. to another employee that was like twice his age. And the whole meeting gets blown up because of it, basically. Like, Logan goes in the other room, like, all the other bankers are there. And then Roman has to, like, go to fucking time out with his dad to get, like, a little talking to. And, and I just, like, walking down that hallway would be thinking, like, what the fuck? Like, where did I go wrong in my life that I now have to have a conversation with my dad about accidentally sending him a dick pic? Yeah. People just do this. It's just, it's not a big deal. He's like <laughs> saying, it's, he's saying it's like the new like greeting and currency. I'm like, you're maybe probably for you, you freak. Oh but my God. He's like, what are you? Logan handles like, that are well you a though. Sicko? <laughs> are you a sicko? <laughs> it's like, if you have to ask, yeah, your son's a fucking sicko. He's so he's good. Done. I guess they start season three too with like, they're getting investigated for the sexual assault and stuff. And fucking Logan, like Roman's like, hey dad, like I'll ride with you. And he's like, you want to suck my dick too? <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like he said to his son as the sexual assault allegations poured in. <laughs> I would be remiss. Okay, two things. The second thing is what I would be remiss about not mentioning. So funny thing about the way I watch the show, having only really have seen season three, when he sent the dick pic, I was asking Alex for the background of Jerry and Roman, and I could have never understood. I was like, well, did they fuck? And you were like, no. And I was like, but they're hooking up. You're like, no. But I was like, but they're romantically involved. It's like kind of, but not actually. And so I was like, what the fuck? So I was happy to have watched. But Roman sexuality is something that like, uh, yeah, like, first of all, Shiv needs to stop joking about it to him. Like Shiv is just like, I mean, it's some of the best jabs of the series. And it's nice to get one in on Roman because he thinks he's like the king of the jab, but like she's really good too. She's really sharp. But Roman is like severely, severely fucked up. Like besides being having like obvious mommy issues, which Shiv says, like you want to fuck our mommy all the time. But it's like he was fucking his his one girl wanting her to be dead, wanting her to role play dead. I don't understand how this isn't a bigger conversation and like at least a background or we just wild. like rocking with him just being an absolute freakazoid i am anti-roman as a character personally i don't know i feel like that's an unpopular opinion people i've talked to out in the wild in real life seem to really like roman for me he's uh, he does not do it for me at all i think karen does an amazing job with the character but yeah i mean he's the biggest piece of shit of them all i mean i think they're all that's the whole thing of the show is like casting light on them in different ways and show like i mean shiv is at her most horrible when she's with tom the person she loves like you're supposed yeah. to be the most vulnerable and like nice to it so you just like yeah they, they kind of like leapfrog each other for worse fucking one in the family obviously but roman i think just carries that torch forever i don't think he can be touched it's it's yeah he's done it's too all much. bad it's all yeah. bad i don't think he's, he does anything he's redeeming. done too much he said yeah. too much it's just i can't imagine i mean although season three kind of maybe he turned a little bit of a corner in the finale who can say will they ever learn it doesn't seem like they ever learn any lessons about anything that happens to them so yeah that feels like the theme for all of them starting with their father and yeah. why the show even as a plot right he just correct reneged on everything and could have been smooth sailing i mean I think if he really passed it to Kendall in season one, Kendall would find a way to fuck it immediately. But you know what I mean? It's like Logan's made his own mess out of greed and like wanting to cling to relevancy and the whole plot really. But yeah, yeah they up. don't know how to learn a lesson. These, these Roy boys and gals. All right. That's obviously, I mean, cringiest on topic. I mean, the cringiest I feel like could, the cringiest like we i guess we did kind of rolls into almost favorite rolls into favorite quotes like all of it together i mean that's just the beauty of the show it's just the like every moment has the potential to be either like just like watching a car crash in slow motion like watching where i'm about to crack up like it just gets crazy yeah i can kick off our like a quick favorite moment so the both of these happen in finales the boat scene with the siblings and then in that's in season one at Shiv's the night before Shiv's wedding. And then at the in the season three finale, when Kendall finally breaks down and tells them about the kid. And I only say that because they're like maybe the only two moments where they're actually nice to each other on the boat in season two. They have that moment where Kendall's like, can we just like be human beings and like talk to each other? And they're all like, oh, that was Roman who said that. 
Oh, Roman. Oh, yeah, because he was fucked up from that whole like being yeah, yeah. taken prisoner. Uh, yeah, but either way, very few and far between moments where they're actually acting like siblings. And, you know, I love that shit. So those are my favorites. Wish there were more, but it wouldn't be the show if there were. So very fair. I I would agree with that. I'm very uh, pro sibling moments. It's just like it's a good reminder of like I feel like for me when I watch them, it just like takes me back to like thinking about them as kids and what that was like for them being kids together i think that would i don't like want like a spinoff show or anything i just think that's like would be some interesting things to, to actually see but i mean it's just greg and tom there's just something about the two and they have a lot of bad moments that i don't like but like when greg is like trying to explain to tom in season two that he has principles and Tom is like you don't fucking have principles <laughs> like shut the fuck up greg <laughs> like just things like that it's just so funny but uh a singular moment i will pick out is definitely Greg telling Kendall at the in, at the wedding before Kendall goes off and does his terrible deed that he has the documents and that it would be wise to keep him around. And Kendall's like, Greg, the motherfucking egg. He's like, I love it, you little Machiavellian fuck. And then he just walks away. <laughs> that I think is probably that has to be, I think, my favorite moment. I love that. It's kind of like when Kendall turns on Logan in the season two finale at the press conference and you see like a glimmer of pride yes. in Logan's eyes. This family like is like trying to win, but they like always like give props where they're due and being the biggest asshole or like covering your own back. Like it's yeah. it's kind of funny to watch. So it's like like, oh, so you do know a fucking thing or two, Greg. Good for you. <laughs> like I underestimated you. Like they like they like to be surprised because I mean, yeah. as Logan said to Matt's and he's like, everything's so fucking boring, isn't it? So I think when someone does what you didn't tell them to do or expect them to do. Those are fun moments too of the show for sure. Um, I also have the Kendall breakdown confession because I mean, obviously there's been a lot out there about Jeremy Strong's method acting and how the cast feels various ways about it. But I mean, he pulls it out in that scene and just that season at the unraveling of this man. Like he goes from being like, I'll just be dad's robot pet and squash it to like, Oh fuck. I can't like get over this horrible thing I've done and culminates in that that scene and is a nice sibling moment, but also just like amazing acting, I think from him. Um, and then I just have the rest are like silly moments, but I like Greg versus Greenpeace. It's just, again, <laughs> going back to this man of principles. It's like, yo, okay, buddy, like oh, so we're at war with, and he's like telling everyone about it. Like that's a normal, my inheritance. Like I, I don't really fuck with Greenpeace. I don't think they're such a good organization. <laughs> like it's, it's like really funny and just also like it's just kind of left field for them. But yeah, Tom's reaction to that is great too. And he's like, I don't know the exact quote, basically like, oh, like did you have fun riding on the shoulders of the neo fascists or whatever? And Greg was like, just kind of sputters at it. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> he's like going after Greenpeace, Greg. Okay, yeah, all right, <laughs> sure. But Another yeah. great uh, Greg and Tom thing for me is them bonding over potential prison time. And then like that guy is giving them advice about like the toilet. And he's like the toilet, like it's your lover. It's your <laughs> toilet. It's, you know, it's your like your wine cellar. Like it's everything. And then he's talking about like tinned mackerel and stuff. And they're like trying to actually take notes. I love that Tom has like a fucking binder full of like federal prisons and he's like making a pros and cons list throughout the season it's just so fucking funny i mean listen his trajectory of kind of getting logan to trust him by throwing himself on the sword not having to do it and then like dropping this little piece of information 
and changing the game at the end of season three yeah. is fucking incredible. Also, what is his name? Matthew McFadden? Something McFadden, right? He's, what, a Brit in real life? or yes. an Aussie? Shocking. His, his Tom voice is so iconic. The way he speaks is so fucking funny. And obviously, it's something that he created because that's not his real voice, right? So he was on um, Last Kingdom in the first five minutes or something like that. Oh my he, god! Wow, yeah. you just blew my mind. He is Uhtred. Yeah, he. Yeah, He's he is. Daddy. Whoa! Oh my god! I've only seen five minutes of the Last Kingdom. <laughs> that is crazy. Literally. Yeah, so I know that for sure. I don't know how long he lasts, but I knew he was in it. But anyway, I just wanted to shout him out because he is. He created this kind of iconic character and he deserves props for that because it's not his voice and it's a choice he's making, obviously. So it's a 10 out of 10 for me. I mean, for me with him, I was season one. I was like, dude, fuck this guy. Like, he's obviously just like an opportunistic, like using everyone. And then later on, at season, I just season three. I was like, all right, I, I really, really fuck with Tom. He had a great uh, three seasons of a journey. The thing about it, I think me and Al talked about this a little bit. I wish they showed a little bit more of their like business savvy like tom i wish they were like yeah tom was rising the ranks and that's when he met shiv or something mm, like that because how do they, they meet and is he actually good at business i don't know that greg's definitely yeah. not greg was just puking in costumes before he showed up here but like first of all also that's a nightmare of mine like could you imagine puking in a costume that you're in either way death yeah, I wish they showed it a little more because when in season one, when Logan basically says to Shiv, when they're off at the therapy thing, he's like, she's like, you're settling. He's like a POS, basically, like whatever. He's not good enough for you. I felt bad, but I'm like, I all throughout the seasons, Tom keeps saying, well, what about me to Shiv when they're behind closed doors with Logan? What would you negotiate for me? And it's like, negotiate it for yourself, brother. What are you talking about? I don't I kind of don't understand that. But unless he actually is good enough to be a CEO of a company. They don't tell us that. He's just like marrying into getting a better job. I don't know. I, I'm a I'm a big Tom girl. I just wish they showed us a little bit more of whether or not he's actually good at business or not. Well, I think that's kind of the point, though, with this show, right? Nepotism. Like, are any of them fucking good? Like, yeah, Shiv is smart, but Logan goes through with Raya and whoever and he's like here's the pros and cons of each kid and why they could or couldn't do it but at the end of the day Roman just came out of fucking nowhere he had a cushy job in like the media sector like the entertainment sector from Logan Tom I think got in from Shiv I think the whole point is like you don't actually have to fucking know what you're doing if it's who you know and when you're part of this family you can do whatever you want and be untouchable pretty much in in a sense I couldn't fully tell whether Tom's parents were like well off. Like if Tom came from money at all, like they just make fun of him because he's from the Midwest. That doesn't necessarily mean you're poor. I mean, I, everyone pretty much is poor to the Roy's, but yeah. at some level he has to be in a venue to interact with Shiv. Yeah. You know, like, so like getting access to Shiv Roy in some way, you have to have either some level of authority, importance in some realm or industry or have just like a butt ton of money. I, I, I kind of like, I guess, that it's mysterious. And I guess it kind of contrasts a little bit with Greg. I mean, he kind of immediately latches onto Greg and feel like he can smell like a similar type of person as him of like that Greg. I mean, Greg does it through family, but like finds himself now in this room with all these people and you got to fight for yours. And you know what I mean? You got to scrap in the mud 
to try to stay relevant within the family. And I guess Tom maybe sees a little bit of himself in Greg. That's what I like to think. Those two, man. I fucking can't. <laughs> I, it's like when we were ranking characters, I wish I could just put them together because they're interactions with each other. But no, let's rock, let's rock into that. Kyle, you start. I'm going to go last. I'm going to have Kyle start on his top three and then Kyle or then Alex and me. Okay. I am going to start. Number one is Kendall, which wow. it's like a, I have a love hate relationship with Kendall. I feel like because I have such a visceral reaction to his cringy moments, I feel like it means something that like I actually have like a little bit of a soft spot for him. He is a bad person, undeniably. And Kathleen, we've talked about this via text of it. When he's with the family, he seems like the most normal person. He seems <laughs> like a like not terrible guy. Like when he's talking about what he wants to do for the company and move it forward and like what just in general of he kind of becomes apathetic to the whole scheming and doing all the bullshit from time to time. Like he seems like he has somewhat of an off switch of like being a crazy sociopathic like career advancer while the others don't really seem to have that. And at the same time, I also think it's partly Jeremy Strong. He is just such a fucking fantastic actor that you feel the emotional roller coaster with Kendall. And I feel like we've, a part, big part of this story is just Kendall and his roller coaster of a life and journey through kind of trying to navigate being, quote unquote, the firstborn son, not the actual firstborn son, but in all intents and purposes. So brutal. He it's is such the a brutal running son. joke. <laughs> so I would say he's probably my favorite. And then number two's got to be Tom, the goat, the legend. Yeah. I for, would have bet money that Tom was your number one. I would have lost. It's so close, but I just feel like Kendall, Kendall does more for me like emotionally, episode to episode. And then three is tough. I on it Maybe before the wedding in season three, I would have said Greg, but... I didn't like Greg's actions in the wedding. Greg's getting a little bit too big for his knickers, thinking he can just like play all these girls and all this kind of it doesn't feel very Greg. I love that line from Tom when he's like, oh, like the man dying of thirst suddenly has a take on mineral water or whatever. <laughs> I thought that was a great kind of summation of how I was feeling about it. So three, uh, I'm, I'm going to say Shiv. I just Shiv is, is on there because I love to hate her in moments, but she also, again, is someone that is reflected well when she's kind of with the family when she's alone. And like Alex, like you said, with Tom, she's terrible. And it's like, Oh my God, I hate this chick. And then when she's with the family and especially with like the, the picking the president scene, it's like, okay, she also has some maybe redeeming qualities. She has somewhat of a vision to not be a completely terrible person. Like she's willing to do terrible things to get this role to then hopefully not be as terrible of a person. So I'll, I'll take Shiva at number three. Good. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm like so rogue. So I'm going to switch it a little because I, I have my five and then I didn't really shave it down. But number one is Jerry. That's such <laughs> a good one. I'm a that Jerry a Stan. I mean, that woman made it in this company how fucking long and hasn't really pissed off Logan. Really wasn't on his radar in a negative way until his dumb son sent his own dick to him instead of her. And even then... I, I just everything she did in that scenario with Roman was so funny to me and obviously not sexual to her and was like, let me just bank this and have this in my pocket. Like, let me control yeah. this little freak. And it was probably sort of <laughs> cathartic to have to like being Logan's bitch like everyone else for years to be able to just like absolutely shit on demoralized a Roy yeah. man. Like it was probably very fun for her, but she knows where the bodies are buried as they keep saying 
and she's somehow untouchable, right? Like she has all the secrets. She just has so much value and she's, she's a bad bitch. I think is, is, is my stance. And I hope she doesn't get played out in the end, but that's we'll a fantastic see. choice. No. Um, two is going to be so, I think controversial, but I have Logan. I just think like, wow. he's just, he's the epicenter, right? It's just, I've never seen a character like that. I think, what um brian cox does with the characters incredible like i just think i just think as a character it's not favorite like i love them i'm rooting for them i I approach it as like enjoyable to watch or just like a really just i don't know really good watch and and he's consistent right in his fuckery (laughs) he's not wavering and i want to know more like he is the reason why we're all here he's the reason for it all and i just i want I want to know that backstory, the trauma backstory, which we'll talk about more. But that's Logan's at number two. <laughs> and then three, I'm going to put Shiv again because we are Shiv apologists in this household. And <laughs> her moral compass um, sometimes points north, which is uh, like a lot more than you could say for everyone else in this family. You know, so uh, that's my top three. That's a great top three. I'm glad you brought in some of the characters we didn't because mine is similar uh, to Kyle's. So number one, the number one Shiv apologist in the house, Shiv Roy. I I just root for her. I don't know if it's because she's been underestimated in her life because she's just the girl. Like she was never even thought of that way, I don't think. And she didn't even go into the family business probably because of that because she's like, fuck that. I'm going to make pave my own way, which I like about her. And she was successful in that realm. I do like that she's like, the most liberal of all of them, obviously. Like, they're all terrible. At least Shiv is fighting for something better. And I think she's funny. Like, she's just really funny. But as I was thinking of this, I do have a cringe moment from Shiv. When they're at the Pierce dinner with the family and she tells the table that it's her, that might be my number one. I was like, no. And it's also out of character for her. She was really, must have been really, like, worked the fuck up about it because obviously Logan dangled it and then ripped it away and was being yeah. like radio silence. She that knew was too. cringe. She yeah. knew in the moment when she was like, mm, when they all leave the table and it's just her and Logan. And he's like, well, let's get out there. And then she was just like, Oh my God. <laughs> Anytime someone tries to fucking pull one over on Logan or put him in his place, he's going to hit back five times as hard and you're going to regret living. <laughs> like I think she regretted being born in that moment honestly and so yeah you're right that is probably up there in the biggest like fuck ups of of them to be honest yeah flop moment of 2021 whenever it aired yeah Yeah. jesus so my number two is tom needs no introduction reputation (laughs) precedes himself you know it's it's good stuff he's just too funny he's such a fucking goof and when they read his fucking emails in the like, congressional hearing and it's like they're all titled you gotta break a few gregs to make a tom with and at first he's like no i, I don't even know what that would mean like what would that even mean <laughs> yeah i mean that was cringy too they didn't help him at all he got destroyed no. in that but yeah my third was floating like i was like could i say greg and i was like no because for almost all of season one i was like i hate greg i'm like he is such a noodle he does not he's just walking up being like hey yeah i'm uh i have a job here oh i don't know what it is can you just call somebody (laughs) yeah Yeah, it somehow worked out for i mean also i guess that just goes to show like the whole nepotism angle of like he literally just knew someone he has no skills like he literally was just telling people that he had a job and then he just fell that into one. a job and then <laughs> tom gets him some insane paycheck eventually which is just ridiculous to think about how about uh greg 
having to buy the forty thousand dollar watch because he thought Kendall was gonna buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Brutal. And also, it, it, said I, it I, doesn't even work. Another cringe moment is them doing good tweet, bad tweet in the limo. Ugh. I was just like, Kendall, dude, what the fuck, man? I feel like we don't have enough time in the world, but I would love to do like a plus one hour where we talk about like Willa, we talk about Kendall's like Rava and like all the Rava's yeah. her name, right? And you just make yes. that up. Like if we had enough time, we could, but I don't think we do. Anyway, so then I was like, I almost put Kendall. Like I was two seconds away from putting Kendall. And then I stuck Roman in number three. I Whoa. it's his only appearance. And uh I just think he's fun to watch and he is so terribly terrible. Like if you're allowed to have Logan in your top three, I could put Roman. In. <laughs> okay, it doesn't sure. mean I love him. I listen to Kieran Culkin on um, Mark Maron's podcast. I just like him. Like I was like sought that out because I wanted to know what he was like in real life. Obviously, you have to have some sort of like, you know, I, I want to know if he talked like that in real life. Like if, if he was yeah. a complete you know different from his character whatever it was but i just really like him i like watching him he makes me laugh the most for sure just with his like one-liners are so insanely out of pocket that you know he's unhinged and i like it i like that about him so he is he needs help but it's okay yeah he came to mind when kyle you were talking about everyone the dialogue is really realistic and feels like real people he's up there with like stammering and just yes. kind of like uh, doing like filler words. And he also has like crazy physical mannerisms too, of like discomfort, just like, you know what I mean? Like ticks. And I think he does a good job. At, yeah. It doesn't feel like this polished like HBO script. Like it feels like you're watching these freaks chat in the boardroom and accidentally <laughs> send dick pics, you know, live, live yeah. in real time. <laughs> They're going to watch that, what happens live. There's definitely moments for real. I mean, especially when Shiv like does that letter about Kendall and roman is like i'm not signing that and i that was like actually like a head turner for me because i'm obviously i'm still fairly anti-roman but that was like well like actually him being somewhat of a real person and showing some level of like loyalty i guess a little bit to his brother and i just like when <laughs> she's like why and he goes like because fuck you that why that's why like what are you gonna take me to reason court <laughs> like <laughs> He's like he. It's like this sharp version of when you're eight. Like, oh, why don't you marry it? Like he says shit like that. Yeah. Somehow it works for for him. When um, shit fucking like runs him out of the room when they're taking like the little like Kendall's business meeting with the siblings in Rava's like, house. Yeah, which was <laughs> crazy. He, he, he Kendall keeps going. Yeah, like four hours, four hours, four hours. But um, and then he comes back and they're like, oh, like we're sorry. He goes, we talk about like, no, 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 I just had to go to the bathroom. Like it's nothing. I was like, dude, shut up. Like we all know that you didn't have to go to the bathroom. Uh, I have one thing that I we just found out by like reading into some section succession thing. So in the finale, when Tom asked Greg to kind of join him in the season three finale, like join him and whatever. And he says, you can be the Sporus to my Nero. And we looked into it and it says Boris was a young slave boy whom the Roman emperor Nero favored, had castrated and married. <laughs> so yeah. basically that reminded me of the quote of right when they met and Greg's like, would you kiss me if I asked you to? <laughs> like literally the one of their first interactions. He's just such a freak. Oh man. Just with Greg though, Greg, when I like was thinking about adding him in to my top, it's tough because Greg himself is not fun, but Greg makes other people 
so much funnier. I guess in the, the terms they would use, he's a force multiplier. It's just like he like makes Tom funnier. He makes Kendall funnier. Even I guess the one individual Greg scene, like when he's like freaking about the lawyer. And then he asks his friend, he's like, what do you think? And she's like, I just finished my first semester of law school. Like, I have no idea. She's like, should I text my professor? He's like, yeah, yeah, text your professor, text your professor. It's like, Greg is a fucking idiot so badly. ding dong. But he just makes other characters better, which is, I didn't want to add him in because I feel like that's not fully top three character worthy. It's your honorable mention, I would say. And mine is... um. Tabitha, Roman's girlfriend, for a bit, just because she like can kind of hang her, uh, hold her own with these freaks. Oh yeah, and deals with Roman, and she's the catalyst for Swallowgate at the bachelor party. Oh, so she's just God. hanging around constantly, reminding Tom of probably his what he would probably think is his most uncringy moment. But you know, we have a long list for him. But that I is like her. Just I like amazing. Her. Yeah, she's good. She like punches almost like her weight. In the, all of those interactions, which I mean, I, I guess goes to show that she was kind of quote unquote right for Roman because he needs somebody, I guess, to be able to throw back at him. And I mean, I guess she doesn't do it at the level of Jerry. She doesn't degrade him, but <laughs> I mean, and just like dialogue conversation, she can totally handle him. Well, I just like that she calls him out. She's like, we don't fuck. We never have. Like the one time you know, we almost got close, but no. And and that was shocking to me because mere scenes before, Roman's like, I'm drowning in pussy. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> He's just obviously not. Like he does not fuck. That is his tagline. Like I do not fuck. If drowning is him like swatting everything away. Being <laughs> sure. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, he's just he's a little he's just a little freak like uh like Alex has kept saying describing everyone but Roman is definitely like a little freak. Should we jump into four and what we want to know in season four? It's the final season. We're coming in at the perfect time. Kyle especially like he just finished binging and then the four and then done. That's the best way to do it. I'm yeah. also just so excited to have another Sunday night show to watch at yellow jackets too so it'll be fight battling at the same time sunday nights but after house of the dragon into white lotus into the last of us into this is just sunday nights bring sunday nights back you know what i mean make them great yeah. again i had <laughs> never heard of an hbo ho as a term but i would say i'm definitely an hbo ho yeah alex is the president so okay that's fine i'm chairman so for me <laughs> season four I want to know the Logan backstory. Like we've seen the marks on his back. I would like more of that. And then I'd also like more on the Roman sexual stuff. Like these are not things that would matter (laughs) really. I mean, Logan stuff would the Roman sexual stuff. Like I would just like to get to the bottom of why it might just be because he's literally grew up, you know, like he did. That might be period, end of sentence, whatever. Um, But those are the two things I'd written down. I know Alex had thought it through a lot more than me. so. Well, it's definitely that trauma cycle <laughs> origin story, like Logan, some uncle he alludes to being horrific. The way Carolyn talks about him, like never met like a, a animal he didn't want to kick just to see if it came back when she talked to Shiv in that horrific mother daughter combo. Oh, but like it, like it makes me think, like was he physically abusive? To, I mean, we saw him hit Roman, and it sounded like that's happened before. So, like, what's the extent of all that? how like neglected were these children emotionally i think it's pretty obvious but there's clearly certain like moments or stories in this like family lore 
his sister Rose that he like won't let anyone speak of Connor's mom that like, again, yeah. there's like an allude to like a curse, almost like the Kennedy curse. So like, I would love for that to be resolved versus just alluded to. Cause I think there's like, that would be helpful <laughs> to understanding all these people a lot more. Yeah. I think an extension of that is uh, Ewan. I'm curious. I, yeah. He, I like him as a character a lot. I mean, he, I love Again, that he's just this complex, he seems in the beginning when we meet him, that he's just like kind of quote unquote, like the good version of Logan. Like he supports, I guess, good causes, you could say. He stands up to Logan. He's the only one that we've seen at that point do it. And then he still has this like loyalty aspect to him where like he won't vote against logan in the board meeting which seems crazy because it's like logan is a terrible person he's like logan's least favorite person but then he still says like he's my brother like i can't do that and it's it just it feels hypocritical but maybe it's not so and i'm just really interested in an extension of logan's backstory like their relationship as kids like obviously something went wrong i feel like they could have been like maybe trauma bonded as kids together and then obviously they went kind of their separate ways of how they dealt with that in adulthood so I just I would really like to know more about that. I, I I think predicting season four, quote unquote, predicting is it's so tough because like, what kind of show is this? Like, are they going to try to teach us a lesson about something or is it really just showing us like the terrible side of people? Like, I doesn't feel like a happy ending type of thing. Like Logan keeps winning. No one really seems to learn lessons about anything. Like, I'm just very curious because I. I mean, if they sell the company and Logan just has his, you know, treasure that he just sits on top of and, and just has it like where where's like a type of lesson? I don't think they're maybe even going to teach us a lesson. Like I was reading online and we mentioned it at the end of season two when Logan has that smile and smirk and people were like, oh, Logan's in on it. Like it's all part of the plan. But like in reality, like it's not like there's no like nefarious like twists, plots that goes on in the show. It's just people being terrible people <laughs> trying to like achieve some level of like success in the world if they don't fucking have it already because they're all worth billions of dollars. So I season four is just like a complete for me. I have no fucking idea what's going to happen because sell the company. How are they just going to sell the company? Like I yeah. can't imagine them just selling the company and then having money and then like it's what they do with that money. I, I feel like I'm less interested in that. It's an amazing lens to look through. I didn't even think of that as I was thinking through what could happen in season four is like, what is the goal here? Like, what what do they want to do with the show? What's the like, like the end of the show? What are they? What's the moral of the story? No morals. Yeah. I think that <laughs> that is it. And um, yeah, I don't I have no idea. I think this is a good segue into saying, like, who are we buying stock? Whose stock are we buying going into season four? If we had to pick one person to you know hitch our wagon to who, who we doing that with it's hard i don't want to steal anybody's uh so i'm gonna let alex yeah. <laughs> you have always just chickened out of going first <laughs> i'll go i could go first because i i would rather you because i feel like me and you have the same one okay well i i was gonna say the one that when we initially were texting setting this up we you know made nice little jokes about obviously putting all of our funds into into Tom with a little side investment into Greg because that seems somewhat yeah. prudent because of the season three finale. But I think I'm going to throw a curveball and I'm going to say Connor. Whoa, Connor for president 2024, right? <laughs> I don't think in, he'll become right in the stars. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm just I I think that something is going to like I am predicting I guess 
some watershed moment where like Connor's contribution to like being a father to them that Logan never was when they were younger is going to like come out. Like, I feel like we need to have some like actual sibling conversation with them. And we were close to it at Kendall's quote unquote intervention when Connor kind of blew up about the whole like firstborn son thing. And I'm just thinking we got to get back to that. And I think something about that is going to happen. So I'm going to sneakily slide some investment into Connor. Okay. Wow. I love that. I mean, Tom, Greg, like we said, but and I'll always have a little shiv stock, you know, just as like a pet project <laughs> that's just forever. And I don't mean like for who's going to be the successor or whatever, it's just who's going to like thrive and not get their life ruined, I guess is how I viewed it. Yeah. And watching the trailer, I got to say Roman, like his dad always keeps coming back to him because he knows he can get him maybe to flip, right? Like he's the most wobbly one from the sibling side i think yeah. like i think shiv and kendall kendall's like written off right and shiv probably feels too burned by her husband and her dad colluding against her but like roman i think stock in that like he, he'll go work something out for himself like he'll put himself above everything else um and just from the trailer i was like damn man he's in demand even though he's a piece of shit why is yeah. that like his dad just knows that he knows how to speak to these other assholes like mattson etc but yeah. yeah. And speaking, I guess, going off of that onto like the whole idea of like what is like a, a lesson of this show? Like what's the goal? The show, again, like we we're saying, is very realistic. Like I feel like a, like a normal TV show would like use the season three finale as a moment where like the siblings would like bond up together and like unite and like form this front continuing against their dad. But in this show, I'm totally expecting those three of them to just devolve into individual factions again. And like that was their one moment and they missed it. And now yeah. they're all going to be again at each other's throats, backstabbing and, and all that kind of stuff. Cause I, I just get it, it. It's not like fairy tale, like classic story structure where like there's some like, you know, they're going to band up against the villain that is Logan. Yeah. I, I actually read an interesting interview with the creator, Jesse Armstrong about like what it feels like to wrap this up and stuff. And I think even he was like, we went into it like, well, okay, what are we trying to say here? And like, yeah. I know people want the answer to the original question. It's in the title, but like, I don't, is it even about that anymore? You know what I mean? I think I don't, yeah, I don't think it's your classic, like there's a moral of a story here or, or whatever. I think it's like, I mean, going back to the production style, it's a documentary. It's just like looking at how this unfolds. And I think they mean it to feel authentically like, this is life and sometimes it's not a clean ending or it's just fucking shitty or you don't get answers and like yeah. i prepared for it to be that vibe um you know to some degree going back to you picking roman because i was close so in the season finale obviously we've seen roman million times throughout the series pussy out right at the the number one is at the board yeah. meeting that he was gung-ho he promised kendall and then he when Logan's like, you better be sniffing your armpits, son. Like, or whatever. <laughs> like, when he starts raising his hand and then he just slowly puts it down. I also want to shout out Kieran Culkin as well as Jeremy Strong. They're all incredible acting. But Kieran Culkin, like, cowering. And also in the car on the way to go to Logan in the finale of season three when he was, like, internally battling whether or not he's actually going to go with his siblings or not. And then when they get there and he's just like why dad like why did you do this like what what why 
And Logan's like, go fuck yourself. I don't care anymore, Romulus. Like, I truly, like, I, I thought, you know, you were the one I had, but never mind, go. Like, just making him feel bad. But it was the first time that Roman stayed at least a, true to what he said he was going to do. He didn't immediately, like, back out, which was nice. So I wanted to put my stock in Roman, but I really just can't. Like, I cannot put stock in Roman. Um, So I'm going Kendall. I, like I am it. going Kendall. I think he has so so many failed attempts. I think this is the one where he comes out better than he has in previous seasons. Uh, I don't think he's going to kill anybody in this season. I, you know, and he's <laughs> not going to, to jail. Himself. Jeez, accidentally, <laughs> of course. But <laughs> so yeah, I think um, I'm. Besides Tom, obviously Tom is the one I want to put stock in. But Kendall, I'm going to give it as my like hopeful long shot because I do really like Kendall sometimes like i hate him but i but i yeah. like him you know uh and I, again i i me and you have this the pet project shiv like together we both put in money for that one of course <laughs> you're so someday you know it's our family it's our family's little family's uh leans <laughs> behind stocking like the entire main ensemble <laughs> yeah exactly. i like it i like it i was gonna I mean, do if let's you play every side you come out on top really quickly on three if you had to actually be one of these characters, like one of the four Roy's, you had to take on their lives. Who would you choose? But don't say anything. We're gonna do it. Wait, wait, one of the three Roy's, right? To to not Connor. No, four. You oh, can okay. be Connor. Okay, okay. Okay, ready? Tell me when you're ready. You good? Mm-hmm. You good? Okay. One, two, three. Connor. Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. He's just like living the life comparatively. He clearly has some issues, but like yeah, no, he just gets to sit in a ranch and be rich. Like, what? The f- and then decide to be president. Like, that is, like, to me, the funniest, like, portrait of, Great. like, rich, cis, het, white man. Like, uh, uh, zero, zero resume, zero, negative resume. Yeah. And he's like, I got this, dad. Let's do this. Like, <laughs> the fact that they're, like, thinking it's a joke. And then when they're actually in the room talking about picking president and they somewhat have a somewhat serious conversation about like how like he's like how would it look like if Connor became president and i was like they are not about to do this like there's <laughs> no way that they can make that happen the it's, fact that it's an option though they could do it if they really wanted to it's too realistic these days like these yeah. days anyone could just be like yeah me me i i got it i got this um but i cannot stress this enough how i would take the money and run like yeah in, you texted me Kyle and you were like to not like just take the two bill and yeah, run like crazy I, I mean to be fair Logan wasn't offering that anymore when he got it at the party that's what he was offering but I can't be asked to fucking run a company like no yeah. absolutely not but that's also the way that these kids earn their dad's love is through things like this so they if they want any of that if they want the respect whatever that's how they were growing up to me if you were to give me 50 mil i'd say okay i quit my job done done i'll do passion things whatever i don't care no job though when he's like i need to do something like give me like an asset or whatever and i was like why are you pushing your luck so much like you have two billion you can do something with that if you like you quote unquote can't sit still like just fucking take all that money and do something crazy with you that was like come on because he was so close to getting out like it felt like he was so close to finally letting himself escape from logan's insane gravitational pull and he just couldn't almost let himself do it, which was tough to watch. It's also like, I don't think Logan can actually let them go. You know what I mean? I yeah. think there's been a lot of conversations about how he like 
And as somebody on the show said it, like he resents his kids, right? Because they've had everything he never did. And yeah. he like resents them for like reaping like what he's sown. He's sown, you know what I mean? And it's like, but that's the whole fucking point is like yeah. you created a better life for yourself and your family. But now you're like mad at them and you think that they're falling short of these expectations, but you didn't actually help them get there except for like pay people off and like maybe give them the best like, you know, chance at at being yeah. successful the, on paper the season one finale was so devastating for that with kendall was like fighting the quote-unquote good fight and then obviously the accident happens and then logan cleans it up and right it's it's just, this close every time I kendall so, like, i got it, it right <laughs> and and logan the reminders about it throughout season two and three are so tough when it's i, I don't remember what it is it, it might be like the pierce weekend or maybe it's the bachelor or whatever when he and he's like you know like go get him killer or something like that and it's like oh my god like why are you saying that to him you know he's fragile when you make it when he makes him go to the house of the boy yeah. and sit and not be part of the conversation like he is a horrific human being like he yeah. and yeah trauma and in his head he's people, not. but he's just designed to like be evil to be honest like yeah he he knows how to kind of manipulate people and keep them where he wants them like that's his entire i guess business model so to speak like he said something in that conversation with kendall like i know things about the world like that you'll never understand and like do you think to get to this point it's not dark or horrific like i'm willing to do the things most other people aren't but i maybe that's true fuck if i know i'm not a billionaire media conglomerate yeah. but i kind of wish it wasn't that way but it does paint a really interesting picture of like the one percent and and twisted realities of like capitalism and our yeah. world and i mean going back to our conversation about what's the show actually about and logan's backstory like is that something they want to do do they want to humanize logan in any way mm. i think it would be interesting i think it would really make him like solidify him probably as like a top like 10 ish that's a random number i'm throwing out but like television character just because of how interesting and complex it would make him because right now it's all kind of bad we got the one glimpse of like his back with the scars and we know at some level he had a rough childhood but it's still like everyone is anti-logan like fuck logan he's a terrible person so it would be interesting if that's kind of the route they go of trying to humanize him in any way if not he is villain oh yeah 100 i mean he's still a villain even if they humanize him in the beginning just because they humanize Dan Scott on One Tree Hill doesn't mean he's not an absolute villain. You know what I mean? Come on. Because yeah, they yeah. do villain. They do humanize him by the end. They do an incredible job with that on One Tree Hill. We don't cover that on the pod, but that's yep. okay. Uh, we could. Any yeah. I'm just, I'm just really curious. Like, if they have some type of... Like, family therapy, obviously, season one was a joke. But do we get family therapy real? Like we, I guess we get the drunken in the kitchen, but it's defensive Logan and yelling and screaming and insulting Shiv and everyone else. Like, do we get any level of emotional opening up from Logan? I don't think they would. I feel like part of his character is that he'll never change. I mean, he's fucking eighty something anyway. Like he's. I think if we get any explanation or the backstory, it's not him saying it. It's like the siblings it's all these like in passing things like oh aunt rose or you know what i mean or like yeah. uncle ewan would come in and say something like or like that biography that's kind of fizzling in the background of like someone True. trying to write his life story maybe it comes out in other ways but yeah i don't really see him making a bid to like be like this is why i am the way i am no he's like here i am take it or fuck off you know yeah literally 
what if he dies at the, like towards the end of the season and they kind of find out this like hard backstory after he dies as like something that comes out like post funeral or something like that like people come out of you know yeah and like uh, no one's going to be able to like actually publish a biography with Logan alive like he with a, like over his fucking dead body there's just no way so has, that's been a main yeah. storyline of how long is he going to stay alive? I mean, that was the whole part of the yeah. Gojo thing when he's like, hey, we talking five years, we talking 10 years. Like, what are we, what are we thinking here? <laughs> that was crazy. Roman's like, that's my dad. Dude. Yeah. Like, oh he's my like, no God. offense. Your dad's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> so uh, when can he die? I'm not trying to work this out with someone else. Yeah. Fucking nuts. But even like, and I think it's crazy that like the show started with him having a massive health moment where like he maybe wasn't going to be alive any longer, much longer. And it's just never been revisited. It's just kind of interesting. It's like, is that just a ticking time bomb for him? As like a, he clearly hasn't tuned up his health at all. Like he's out here trying to procreate with like an assistant half his age. Like, I don't really know. Crazy plot line. Oh my God, I forgot about that. So what's going to come of that? That's insane. I totally forgot that he was like, how did that get revealed? He Shiv? He was making smoothies with Ma- Makaru. Oh, and Connor. Connor's like, he's firing up the baby machine. And everyone's like, <laughs> what? And he's like, I only use that if I'm really... Ch-. And everyone's like, I hate this Yeah. Yeah, I like how Roman goes to Shiv and he's like, so we're obviously got to, you know, get together to kill that kid, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> These people are so dark. It's so crazy. But it's funny because for all like Logan's intentional things, he loses the plot kind of often or like how like the UTI that rendered him like uh, mentally not there. Yeah. They thought there was a dead cat under the chair. Like it, I just he's being manipulated by this like young assistant. Like I just see there's a lot of things that. He just can't see, which is really interesting. I'm cracking up at the baby because, like, this baby's a baby. The baby can't inherit. It's kind of like House of the Dragon, right, with Aegon. It's like, is it Rhaenyra or is it Aegon? Because now Aegon's the actual trueborn son. But it, but also, it's like, this is a baby. He's got to grow up to be at least 30 until he can inherit a company and run it, you know? So it's really not that big of a threat. Maybe to their how much money they're going to get if if yeah. he cuts the three kids off or four kids, sorry. And then... <laughs> and then Okay, it's a money thing. It's not necessarily a he's going to run the company. I'm just I cannot decide whether this show is really just going to be about rich people being terrible people, which I'm fine to watch. I've enjoyed the hell out of that as the Mm -hmm. main kind of backdrop on a show. But part of me, I guess, is just because of how much TV we've watched, which is just like basic story structure stuff feels like we have to get some like cathartic release at the end where like we're at people admitting to things and kind of maybe trying to put a better foot forward who fucking knows yeah or just handle getting out from it right them getting out right yeah, just free of like i guess maybe more like the cycle breaking the trauma cycle breaking than like yeah. re- redemption arc for really truly unredeemable people yeah <laughs> at the end like of does the logan win again is the thing i guess it's kind of i guess an overarching question because he's it's consistently the trailer. born the trailer seems to indicate he's like, I got the election. I had a big sale. I have, he said something else. And then it's like, he seems too confident. Like that is never going to go well for him. I feel <laughs> like at, at this stage, not. after all these fucking bumps in the road, like it, it just seems like it's alluding to like, he thinks he's, he's won, but anything can happen. I 
I didn't realize until we watched the trailer that Jared Mencken was actually who they're endorsing. I think they were like alluding to that, but he's in the trailer. So obviously he's going to be the one. He's the bad one. He's the Roman mm. pick, which is the Roman. like the word. I'd rather have Co- Connor he's at that idiot. point. So uh, that'll be scary. But I mean, that's that was one of my favorite in. season three moments is Shiv like putting her foot down and being like, no, like this is not happening. Like this is he's a bad guy. Like she doesn't want to get in the picture, like all that stuff. I was like, OK, like. This is not bad for Shiv right here. Yeah. Speaking of his involvement, my wildest prediction, if if anyone has all rogue predictions for the final season, I feel like there's a weird tension between him and Roman. And I'm just like waiting for it to all culminate in Roman. Yes. I don't want this to be like he's a sicko. And so he's a gay man. Like that would be a horrific (laughs) message to send. But I think he is repressed sexually is like the overarching message. There's some weird vibe there. And I think that would be a fun like twist of like, I mean, you see what's happening out there, all the hypocrisy in the world and people are closeted. So I think that would be like an interesting, again, how people in power get away with doing what they want and things you wouldn't expect. And they are very good at bringing in like somewhat like current events at some level and like discussing kind of overarching conversations that are happening in our world. Like the fucking the, the the Nazi Ravenhead conversation with Tom. First of all, hilarious scene when Tom's like trying to get like the actual yeah. answer out of them. He's like uh, H. Oh no, H is what uh, is what whatever the the presidential candidate and Roman's like H. But that stuff was just like interesting and all of like the how Logan reacts to the quote unquote idea of like PC culture and like words you can't say and things like that. Like I think they did a good job and again of making it feel like very real like the mockumentary like you've mentioned like all that kind of stuff just like it's just a fucking well done tv show it really is i'm so excited (laughs) we haven't actually mentioned what our plan is so uh moving forward me al and kyle are gonna do our plan is a mid-season uh what did we call it shareholders meeting yeah emergency We'll we'll talk about the the previous five episodes, where we're at, and where we think the final is going to go, and then we'll do a wrap up at the end. It'll be a fun little wrap up. We'll be sad it's over, but we'll know everything. So it'll be good yeah. stuff. Do we know how many episodes it's going to be? Because three was nine, I think. Okay. Um. I'm, oh, ooh, seven. seven. This is devastating. HBO man, they're weird with season lengths. They are. So after three, we can decide whether we want to do it after four or after three. We could say, like, let's give it one more and have the conversation yeah. and then we'll. Yeah. Temperature. If, Depending on the temperature. Who knows? If these are like super hot, we may want to be like, let's hop on real quick and talk about it for 45 minutes. Who's I'm to in. say? I'm yeah. definitely down for that. Yeah. If we just want to click Fuck the emergency yeah. button. And you know what? Would That would be a great benefit for you subscribing and following us on social media because it you'll really be would. able to know when these uh, emergency shareholder meetings are happening. <laughs> I love that. You never know when you're going to need fucking emergency meeting, man. You got to keep up to date for your stocks, for your stocks, you know, make of sure course. you keep your finger on the pulse. That's true. We need, we do need to check in and have investor calls. We'll, we'll definitely obviously use our personal private group chat, but maybe we will use the podcast as a different forum. I guess firing from the hip, a random question we didn't talk about, but what is your ranking of the seasons? Woo. I liked two the best, two, three, one, maybe. I would say they're all fun. I binged them so fast. It's all like mushed together, really. But I've seen three twice now and I really like three. So uh, two was 
Jeremy Strong won for his performance for and the Emmy for his performance in two. I mean, that was just so fucking good. So I would say two is number one and then the rest can kind of Cox has one as well. I feel like I could be wrong, but I thought they were like almost not sweeping, but it was like a hot year for them after season two. I think that ranking works for me. Maybe yeah, three, that's two, one, but yeah. that's literally exactly mine was going to be two, three, one. Yeah, one's just it's tough. Well, season ones are just that's a hard place to. It's building, it's building yeah. blocks, and and then exactly. it gets it heats up. But then like that like is the, the fuel for the fire of two. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and beyond. I mean, some of my favorite episodes are in season one. It's just season one as a whole just can't quite be up yeah. to snuff. I also think that I, I, it seems impossible to say the sentence, but they got a bigger budget for two and three. Like the places they go, the things they do in two or three are just good for the eyes you know it's beautifully shot these places they're at it's so well done so i think in episode or season one they're in the hospital a lot you know they're in rooms like logan's just like stuck in a room so they're in a lot of rooms this one they can go even when they visit nan and like or not nan just the pierces in general there's all different kinds of outings in two and three so um yeah 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 Yeah. I, i stick with that the freedom of travel they have in the show because of how rich they are is literally insane it is so like unfathomable that they just decide we're going to Crete, like oh we're going to London, just like fire up the jet. They just go to like Serbia. It was like what the fuck, like yeah. God, like they're so stupid rich. It's like you can't even fathom it. Yeah, she was confused at first when they like went into London or whatever. I don't know during like from Tuscany to like the UK. She's yeah. like I thought they were back in New York. I'm like no, nope. they just like went to London headquarters yeah. or something like quick trip and the, all the quick trips to Matson, which is like helicopter speedboat like and yeah. that, those are the most beautiful scenes of anything i've ever seen i was like what the hell so <laughs> like, good you know and so also yeah when um when kendall just flies out the play actress to scotland <laughs> and then flies her back like the next day he's like ah, i'm over and he doesn't even have the balls to fucking say it to her face he gets like the guy to do it he's like ah, tell security her preoccupied yeah just absolutely fucked willow's play took one of her like main actresses yep, yep. for like but- a night I, I mean, I hate to keep bringing shit up because we could do this forever because there's yeah. three seasons of untapped stuff we haven't talked <laughs> I have about. I so but many quotes written down and stuff. It's so funny. Tom's bachelor party. Oh so God. sad. Like he thought they were taking him to. Yeah, the friends getting uninvited. Yeah, that How was fucked up. was I? But the fly guys. The fly guys. And when. The- <laughs> And then Tom like welcomes the fly guys when it's Tom's wedding. Yes. Tom sh- and I was like, thank God they came. They're not mad. Yeah. At I was upset. I was I was genuinely upset. happy to see the fly guys and that there was like no bad blood between them. <laughs> That's a great callback. Like those little things. You're just like, that, yeah. they did go with that. That was one, really you good. Know? Oh, my God. Yeah, that is. I mean, not to mention then Swallowgate. I mean, Tom, it was a flop for Tom. And it was Roman using it as a business meeting <laughs> with Stewie yeah. and Sandy. I was like. You people are truly a different breed of evil. Like it's so fucking sad. Tom's reasoning, like trying to explain why it wasn't like weird as shit that he swallowed his own cum was like the funniest. I think that actually might be my favorite system. moment. The closed loop system was the greatest thing I've ever heard. Like I was it's just shocked cheating. that I was <laughs> And I love that it's like slowly coming together as more and more people keep interrupting him thinking to say, hey, I heard you swallowed your own gum. <laughs> like everyone just like, hey, hey. This yeah, is yeah. Round. so fucking funny. Oh or like God. when Kendall was about to do so much coke, he would die. So Greg had to just like smack his face on the table and do it. And then Greg's like, 
oh my god man like greg doesn't need an upper greg does not need a fucking upper and that's what we got you know and then how about tom does coke at fucking kendall's birthday party and he's like yelling at all the people in like the affirmation tunnel and greg's like it's okay he's actually a great person he's a wonderful person (laughs) and like shiv's rolling like they all did like they didn't like show them going to do drugs but it was apparent everyone took drugs that night and some everyone was having bad bad trips bad bad in the cab home and tom's like hey like do you want to just like go out you know, after this, like go out, go out somewhere else. And Shim's like, no, honey. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to be up late tonight. <laughs> oh man. I, I just, I really, Tom is like not that good of a guy, I guess. But again, it's always in relation to everyone else on the screen that he's actually not that bad of a guy. So I want him to have a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's not with Shiv. I'll tell you what, no, unless Shiv has like be. a huge, huge turn I, it, there's just no way it's with Shiv, but I don't foresee us seeing him get a happy ending with a woman that's not Shiv. So like it's either yeah, like fair. he breaks up with Shiv and gets his own kind of like I'm a badass, I'm doing what I want type thing. Do you think at any point during the season there's going to be a time jump at all? Like even at the end, the finale, or like even midway through, it could be. But I don't. This show's all about like what's happening right in this moment. Like they don't even have. We yeah. can't skip because there's too much happening right now. So I don't know. Do you know. think like a like an at the end of the season, like where are they now type of time skip? Maybe. Or, Maybe. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be one middle. So that's sometimes people do that, you know, but I don't yeah. think so. It either have to be in like the final episode or not at all. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm just fucking pumped. I'm gassed up. Me too. One week until it airs. Yeah. I, and I am. It's funny because I am usually very vocal about how. I love the week-to-week format, and I'm going to love it. It's just going to be an interesting adjustment for me because I watched the whole show in fucking two weeks. So <laughs> you ripped through that. Yeah, I literally it was just okay. What atrocity can I watch next on the on my television screen? <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for it. I think it, we're just excited to see it and be around these yeah. characters again. I think that's a testament to what an amazing show that is. It's like for me, I don't fucking care who's su- no. su- successor. I don't care if it's Matt yeah. and whatever. I just like again all those questions and things that made these people why are you the way you are type thing and who hurt you are like the things that I'm into and I just it's fun watching them but I respect that they were like I don't want to drag that out any longer you know what I mean yeah I was really encouraged when I heard Brian Cox say that he's like we will not be one of those shows that just goes on for longer than it should yeah, I read his interview today to her excerpts about it, about how he felt nothing when his last scene playing him. I'm like, you might be a bit of Logan. Like, you brought yourself to this fucking character. It's a bit you, um, bit him. But yeah, I, I just, it was really, when I saw that, everyone was like, oh my God. And I'm like, no, this is what the show is supposed to do. They yeah. fucking are in control. It's a story to tell. That doesn't mean endless content that you just like churn out. Sorry. You know, yeah. so I, I'll sad, but we'll rewatch for the rest of time. <laughs> yeah. Four is a great amount of seasons. I'm hoping for, oh, yeah. I think actually Yellow Jackets is going to be five. Really? But I was going to say four or Whoa. five would be perfect for Yellow Jackets. Probably four, but I think I read five. So like Yellow Jackets is another one of those where it's like, do not yeah. overplay your hand. Five Please. honestly seems long to me. I know. I know. Well, we don't, we do not have to get into yellow jackets. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fair. But we <laughs> will, really we will, as we have more podcasting to do in we this month of March. Will. We'll be dropping April. yellow jackets episodes Tuesdays or Wednesdays, 
after each episode. I'm not sure which one we're going to pick, but um, Tuesdays, if we can get our act together and Wednesdays yeah. will be our um, cushion day. But and that was right, just like a, hop random, on? like a random whimsy tr- of me watching both of those shows recently, just like catching up. I know. You you had to watch Yellow Jackets. It's Fair. like the boys are hype on Yellow Jackets yeah. right now. That's good. good stuff. You got to sneak television. on to some of that coverage. I would love to. Yeah, I would absolutely love to. All right. So like we've said multiple times, I mean, we could just keep pulling quotes and moments and, and shit out of our ass talking about this show. So we will stop now on our, I guess, like I said, season four hype episode, maybe seasons one, three recap, season four hype, whatever you want to call it. Um, succession drops on what well, Sunday, March 26th, as I yep. try to turn and look at my calendar while still speaking into the microphone. Um, <laughs> this will probably drop before that. Like we said, maybe we'll do some surprise episodes during the season. We definitely plan on one during the middle of it and then one at the end to wrap everything up. So be sure to subscribe on whatever you're listening or potentially watching on. Uh, you'll get the notification about those episodes dropping. We'll probably try to be active on Twitter, maybe just talking about episodes in general, um, just kind of more like 50,000 feet kind of takes on each episode. Uh, and like we've said again, multiple times throughout this episode, we're covering a lot of shit right now. Like we, we just wrapped up Last of Us, um, The Mandalorian's coming out right now, which we're covering. Yellow Jacket starts the same day as Succession, Shadow and Bone on Netflix. So if you are looking for television and you were looking for a fantastic, bubbly, friendly conversation about said television, then Bingetown TV is definitely the right place to be. We thank you for being here. We hope you stick around and keep coming back. And uh, again, follow us on all our socials at Bingetown TV. BingetownTV.com is like a hub of all info for us. It's just like really uh, aggregated all of our content well. We have three hundreds of episodes about a bunch of different television shows. So definitely check out our very long list of things that we've covered. I don't think you'll be disappointed and you'll definitely find something that you like. So once again, we are Bingetown TV. And thank and you for fuck watching. Off. And fuck off. <laughs> and fuck off. <laughs> I literally was sitting here. I was like, I wish we could say, and fuck off. <laughs> and right. thanks for listening to you, but fuck off first. <laughs> we love you. We love you. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.